Oh, man, I don't want a pig to bite me. Have you ever been bitten by a pig? I have, actually. Slobbery. It's horrible. Like putting your fist into, like, a huge sex doll. Oh, tasty. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fellowship of the Tabletop. We are a live play, 5e D&D podcast set in the magical homebrewed world of Aerith. My name is Mark and I'm the Dungeon Master. And also with us for today's episode, we have Casey, who plays the human champion, Helena Sleepguard. Hello then, mate. We've got Danny, who plays the human cleric, Claude. Soon may the Willerman come. Oh, lordy. We've got Darren, who plays the human fighter, Rogue Robin. Hello, governor. What's up your bum? Callum, who plays the gnome sorcerer, Folly Fizzlebang the Ninth. Let's get ready to rumble. And we've got Ian, who plays the dragonborn barbarian paladin, Drago. What up? So disappointing. We haven't got Will for this session, but uh, as things will play out, actually, you'll well, you'll see what happens, really. You'll see what happens. On last week's episode... Carthan's Fally- dead? What the fuck? What? He betrays oh the God. party again. No, uh, he yeah. Unfortunately, couldn't make it today. But we have a uh, we have a way around it, don't we? We have. Well, it's not a way around it. It's part of the story, guaranteed, hundred percent. Nothing here is ad libbed. Everything is pre written and pre ordained. Nothing is of free will. It's like Bentham's Panopticon. There you go. Look that up. So, um, on last week's episode wow. of the wow, <laughs> of that the... is that is just pulled straight from your ass. What, <laughs> Bentham's Panopticon. Yeah, Hillary Bent- Hillary Bentham. No, uh, I can't remember his name. Anyway, don't school me. Yes, I don't know. Yes, you're smarter than me. I think we can all establish. It's that. a really interesting concept, actually. Uh, I, I, have, yeah. Anyway, um, on last week's episode of the Fellowship of the Table, oh, people want to know what yeah, that interesting concept us, is now. Okay, the concept is he came up. Bentham came up with a prison idea where you'd have a single tower in the middle and then donut prison around the shape of a donut, like the, and basically the inside wall would be open and you could see into every single cell. The tower in the middle would have slotted windows so you couldn't see if a guard was watching you. But everyone would assume, there you go, everyone would, all the inmates would assume you're always being watched and therefore adjust their personality accordingly. Bentham's ah, so Big Brother, but medieval style. Yeah. yeah, but in a way that means you'd always adjust the way you act because of the fact you assume you're always being watched. Always being watched, yeah. Anyway. The joys of human experimentation. Exactly. It never really got put into practice, but it's an interesting concept. Um, hey, 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 hey. What happened last week? What a fucking good thing you know. I'm literally pumped right now. Trying to keep this energy up. Uh, our last week's episode, The Fellowship of the Tabletop, we ended up going into a rather strange bit of combat after Telian Hellfire, the uh, dragonborn uh, leader of the Rat Run, a stock magic holder under the city of Goldsview, had freed Drago and Folly from Spellhold, the magical prison which uh, held them there after they were put there after Drago and Folly had attacked a few members of the Obkriskra. We learned that the Obkriskra and those in the Rat Run were working together, but it was an unsteady alliance. And Italian Hellfire was very keen to see this alliance fray and pull apart and become the hotbed, the center for the rebellion against the Obkriskra who had taken control of the city piece by piece through some rather governmental but nefarious means, kicking out most of the royal family, much to Helena's dislike and dismay. Um, we find ourselves finally... Though they were free, and then the rest of the party ended up coming down and retracing their steps and coming to the door, meeting the goblin, being allowed 
entry finally and stepping through into the strange corridor. And this corridor seems to, every, every time you enter through the door, it takes you to the place you need to go. The idea being, Talion described it as, you have to walk through with someone who knows where they're going. If not, it literally will, well, no one really knows what happens. It just kind of fires you anyway. That's the beauty of the rat run. That's why no one has been able to break in. The Criscra hasn't shut them down and why they are working in unison with them. Finally, Telly and Hellfire, I like saying the name over and over again, uh, said that if you want to leave, if you want to escape, if you want to get out of here, we are, I'm willing to let you go because you are good comrades in the rebellion against the Criscra. However, the council won't stand for it. I can't just let you free. You have to show some willingness to be part of and understand the glory that is stock magic, the chaotic form of spellcasting, potion making, and um, item in, enchant, enchanting. And part of the trial they had to face was that everyone had to use a third tier stock magic scroll, which was a very dangerous randomized uh, uh, spell scroll, which could backfire massively, um, and also fight off this incredible beast, this Nalfishni, which stands in front of them. In a large hexagonal room with pillars stood adorning the corners, uh, the intrepid travelers all used their scrolls quite quickly um multiple things took place helena cast earthquake uh, uh castan um could control water but didn't do anything with it um folly cast a ninth level spell prismatic wall uh, which has <laughs> done nothing so far Pill <laughs> pillars had been knocked down um robin was ensconced in uh crystal for a, a round all kinds of shit has happened so far and this officially has now broken through everyone in the party has used their stock magic scroll and so that is out of the way the next big thing is defeating this demon which stands before them which again seems to have been randomly uh, created through a stock magic spell with three rounds in where we stand at the moment, the last thing I remember happening, please correct me if I am wrong on this, the Nalfishni just cast out its um, horror nimbus causing, uh, sorry, causing Castan to become frightened, a form of frightened. And we'd, I think we'd ended it just after that, which means we are second to bottom from the round. It would be Claude's turn next, Claude. Is that right? You didn't do anything, did you? No. So just to give you a sense of the battle for this, Nalfishni is in the middle, right up close to Helena. Helena is toe-to-toe -to -toe with this incredible beast that has stood in front of you. Karstan is about 10 feet behind you, Folly. You're in the middle of the of the arena with facing the back of this creature. Robin, you're on top of this fallen pillar, about 15 foot up in the air, taking pot shots at it with your bow and arrow from about 50 feet away. Drago and Claude, you are toe-to-toe -to -toe with each other on one side of the prismatic wall, about 30 feet away to the north of this creature you're kind of starting to surround it this huge creature taking up i mean 30 feet pretty much in terms of the space it's a large creature um and it's barreling down on helena as we currently stand claude you're stood in front of drago this prismatic wall is just behind you these lights these colors this array of effects seem to as you walk through them you've just cast fire you teleported and then a fire has formed behind you for no fucking reason you'd have no idea why drago's there what do you want to do um okay so akin to last week's episode where i did an avengers reference i've got another one here this is like uh end game me coming out of the the doctor strange portals onto the battlefield through this prismatic wall and i'm just going to look at drago look him up and down sense his aura and just go i knew you were worthy <clears throat> and i'm gonna stroll in the direction, quite confidently, of the big, hairy, crazy, boar-with-wings guy. Um, I'm going to cast a fifth-level blight on it. 
Whoa. Damn. You make Holy a con shit. save, Mark. Unless this guy is undead or a construct, then I've wasted my turn. It's an undead construct. No, it's not really. Oh. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> oh. uh, wow. 22. Oh, it passes. Uh, so it's going to take... 11. Oh, fuck. It's going to take half damage of my 98. Wow. Okay, what kind of damage is this? Uh, necrotic. Cool, thank you. Half of that, 14. What the fuck? That's awful. No, 14, it's, it's, it's no, 14, 19. 19. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the maths. 19 points of necrotic damage. So what happens when you cast Blight? What what does Claude have to do for, to make it happen? What does he Most do of the stuff that comes out of Claude is quite white and uh, uh, healthy and healingy. This thing is very much. Uh, <laughs> this thing is very much the opposite of that. I am fully healed. And Ta-da. it's just just going to generate a big orb of sort of black uh, ichor, and it's just going to slap it Dragon Ball Z style into the chest of this beast, and it's just flying black gelatinous orb just flows at him. And it, it moves with such pace towards him. It catches him, uh, arm is up mid-strike to Helena with a claw high in the air. This massive, massive claw up in the air. And it does hit the chest, but kind of underneath the ribs on the side of it, as it's kind of facing uh, slightly away from you. But catch it on the side, and you see it start to eat away at some of the flesh on the side of it. Cool, thank you very much. Top of the round, Folly. You've just seen Claude approach with this uh, black ichor splat into the side of this Nelfishni. Uh, you are about 30 to 40 feet away with its back to you. What would you like to do? I'm going to do a fifth level fireball at it for the hell of it. Okay. Um, but obviously it's in the same kind of area. I think if I cast it just behind the actual creature, um, I can get it into a good bit of the 20-foot range without hurting any of my comrades. Yeah, yeah um, because yeah, the uh, because like Claude's that. to the north and Helen is to the west. You've got the east and south that are free, which means you can position it in such a way that it's only going to catch uh, partially. Yep. Yeah. Uh, is it a deck saving throw? Uh, most certainly is, yes. 14? Uh, that fails. It takes the full oh, shit. damage uh, of my 39 points. Of fire damage. Oh my lord. You've seen fireballs from Follow before, but this is literally kind of almost sucked in the gravitational force around as he's crafted this ball of fire in the air, almost like a miniature sun, and he just hurled it at this demonic creature. And as it comes smashing down about 20 feet away from it, and this massive wave of energy pushes out towards it, you see the wings burn up slightly on his back as feathers and and flesh start to sizzle on its back. Um, It takes a good bit of damage, and you feel it kind of tensing up, hiding its its disgusting uh, tusked face and pig face away from the damage behind it. But it's still facing the opposite way because it's not its turn to turn around yet. Um, Yes, good bit of damage there, Folly. Thank you very much. Carstan has been made afraid. This beam of light that's kind of pulsed out has entered into... Helena, you would have felt it, but managed to push it aside last time with a wisdom saving throw. And it's just driven this sense of uh, unnatural uh, fear in Carstan. And Carstan's going to use his entire turn and action to run as far away from this creature as possible. And in doing so is going to end up 
right to the south between the pillars, closer towards the kind of entrance where you guys came in from. Helena, can you give me, uh, and Claude, could you give me perception checks, please? Natural 20. 10. Uh, so, Claude, you wouldn't have been able to hear this, but Helena, it works because he would have run past you in the process. You'd have just heard him kind of muttering under his breath, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I have to leave. I have to leave. And he started to uh, move away from this creature as far as he can. That's what you've seen. Okay. Um, okay. Folly, you would have seen him. You wouldn't have heard that, obviously. You'd have just seen him moving away. I assume I would have seen the look of fear on Carson as he ran away. Yeah. 100%, yeah. 100%. You've seen this kind of thing before anyway. Uh, Lovely. that is the end of his turn. Drago, your turn. You've just seen two of your spellcasting mates uh, fire some serious damage into the side of this creature. What would you like to do? Uh, I would like to almost return to my old ways and charge at the beastie with my full movement, which gets me... I'm going to the hand uh, which is wielding... If the image is true... I'm going to his right hand, which is wielding a weapon. Is that? Is uh, that no, it's just case? for 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 aesthetic. He's he's clawed up. He hasn't got a weapon. He's just got clawed. Cool, cool. Well, either way, I'm going to go to his uh, right side and uh, just going to slash with my the mighty axe of Shadar. That's a twenty to hit. Uh, yeah, that I think that hits. I shouldn't be sassy. It does hit. I should probably tell you that because I like I like I like a bit of sass. Well, we get to a point where twenty won't hit, so uh, that's 12, 11 points of slashing damage and one point of lightning damage. And as he slashes down from north to south with the axe, he's uh, now going to same axe uh, cut mid width uh, across. Lovely, roll that down. Try and hit roll again, hit, please. That's a twenty-eight to hit. That hits. Feeling my body. Filling my old buddy with me. Hell yeah. That is 15 points of slashing damage and seven points of lightning damage. Oh, damn, Shadar, you got some power. Shadar is with you. The creature feels that. He feels it, bro. Um, and you kind of cut into its arm and into the, uh, the the kind of abdomen area of this creature as it tries to rear up to get away from you or try and slap, slap down or try and avoid or parry your hits at some point. Um, but to no avail, these hits come hammering down, causing a good bit of damage. Thank you very much. Anything else you want to do, uh, Drago? No, Drago's, uh, Drago is remembering uh, why he likes battle so much. Hell yeah. Uh, that's the end of your turn. Then Helena, you're up next. This creature is barreling down, now not feeling quite so alone, given, however, slightly concerned at what you just heard, cast um, running away pretty much in the opposite direction. Uh, you see Drago slashing, you feel the damage and a massive fireball go off, reminiscent of the battles perhaps you faced in the Horal Empire um, in your past. This creature is barreling down, looking directly at you. What would you like to do? Helena will, as hearing Karstan running past, she's going to be quite disappointed, shakes her head slightly. Um, she feels quite betrayed with Karstan running away from this big beast that normally he would attempt to to fight with the rest of the party. But she's going to feel quite a lot of um, fire inside of her and um, she's going to take her flails and does what she hopefully does best. Hell yeah. Roll to hit. Kick ass. 24 to hit. That hits. Roll that damage. 13, um, 13 damage. So my second attack, 20 non-natural to hit. Yep, hits. With uh, 11 points of bludgeoning damage. 
Akez, your second flail comes hammering down on this creature, catching its claw, drawing blood, this ichor pouring down off its body. Amazing. And the third one, uh, it's only a 13 to hit. That misses almost as you swing back round with your right again. He manages to bring its claw up, parry the hit at the last minute, uh, forcing the flail above and over your head as you bring it back into control. Okay. Oh, and then my bonus action, another hit. Oh, 12. And the same thing happens with that, almost bringing it in, trying to catch you off guard slightly. Unfortunately, it notices the move and uh, and stops you from that. Okay. Uh, lovely. Cool. That's nothing else from yourself. Robin, you creature now. Can I, sorry, still- I'm so sorry, Mark. Sorry. Am I able to action surge, please? You can do. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Let's roll that back then. Yeah. Action surge away. Um, That's a 29 to hit. Hits. Yeah, so she's going to be so disappointed in in just you know hitting this thing, seeing it seeing it make contact twice and seeing it make damage twice. She's going to go at it again. Uh, that's another seven bludgeoning damage. Lovely, thank you very much. Uh, that's a twenty-one to hit <laughs> on my second. A nine points of bludgeoning damage. Lovely. Third and final is sixteen to hit. That misses, unfortunately. So you've got this massive surge of energy and seeing your comrades kind of uh, um, coming in around you to, to, to help you uh, defeat this demon. Unfortunately, feeling slightly let down by cast. And like you just said, uh, you build up the second wave of energy and suddenly these attacks start coming in more and more and more. And this is the second bit of combat now where you've become this kind of uh, dangerous force causing 50 points of damage in total. Awesome. Um, over those hits, give or take, maybe a little bit more actually. A uh, really good move, Casey. Nice. Thank you very much. Uh, Robin, like I just said, you've got this horde of uh, of your friends now corralling themselves around this this chaotic beast you can see in the middle of the strange arena. You are on top of this fallen pillar about 40 or 50 feet away, uh, s- seeing this all take place. This creature's hard is back to you. You can see Folly. You can also make out one figure uh, moving away from the battle, which is Karstan. Uh, anything you'd like to do? Yeah, Robin goes, I knew we couldn't trust him, and it's going to shoot two arrows into Karstan. I joke, I yeah. joke. <laughs> I joke, I joke. Um, do it, do it. Yeah, I just, I had to do it. Genuinely yeah, wouldn't have been surprised yeah. slash at the same time, like, oh, wow. fuck. Yeah, yeah. As the fury of the battle unfolds in front of him, he's just going to let his bow drop to his side whilst the mage hand continues to pluck out two arrows. He's going to notice the hum of the prismic wall next to him and Robin's just going to shout out, Folly, what the hell is this thing and is it dangerous and who is it dangerous to? Knowing I can't get a return this round, he's then, upon doing that, just going to reach out for one of the arrows that's being held by the mage hand, pull back, and is going to shoot into the creature. Awesome. That was sexy as it. Yep. Um, roll, roll to hit and take an inspiration for that, that setup, Darren. That was sexy. Thanks, mate. That's the, is that the second inspiration you've got for two episodes? Yeah, it is. Um, and bribery to hit. The first one's a 25 to hit. That hits. Sweet on Darren. That's what bribery gets you, you know? He buys me some Harry Bow and I give him an um, inspiration. Damn strobes. So damage from the arrow plus sneak attack is 19 points of piercing damage. Lovely. Magical. Thank you very much. As Robin then sees the creature take the shot, grabs the other arrow from the mage hand and unleashes that one as well. I've rolled another natural 19, so that's a 30 total. And one away from a crit. Hey. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, that does hit. You guys are rolling so well. 
Uh, it only takes six points of magical piercing damage, though. 14 away from a crit. <laughs> um, lovely. So the second, this first arrow comes thudding into its side, side of the neck almost, and it lodges itself in deep within the muscle of its of its thick, thick neck. The second arrow is more of a glancing hit. It gets stuck in the wing of this creature, but still causing a good bit of damage as it kind of stunners down to its feet, <laughs> landing on the ground as it's been kind of trying to hover over the battlefield for that time. Uh, it's taken a good bit of damage now. Blood is kind of pouring off its off its haunches, so to speak. Anything else you want to do with that, Robin? No, Robin would wait for Folly's reply before he does anything else. So that's me done. No problem. So first things first, I have to roll on a recharge. Oh, and that is a six. So it's going to cast Horror Nimbus again. And this, again, almost like as bright as the prismatic wall behind you all, um, that comes just bursting out of this creature. But there is like this, there's something haunting about it. It feels unnaturally terrifying it's the closest thing that you can imagine to the sound, smell, sight of one of the nine hells. You have no recollection of what that is because no one's ever been there, but you just feel this is what hell feels like, looks like, tastes like, smells like, just for a second. And it only passes through. And Folly, you can see this. Robin, you can see this from a distance, but it doesn't really affect you. Those closest within 15 feet radius, Claude, Drago and Helena are affected by this. It's the same spell that was used last time. Could all three of you make a wisdom saving throw, please? Piss. Eleven. Claude rolled a twenty-one. Lovely. And uh, Helena. Twelve. So Helena and Drago, this smell of sulfur. The sound of, it can only be described as a scream that seems to bounce around your head. You seem to get the sense of, 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 of something otherworldly, of something hatred, of something disgusting just happening and coming over you. And the sense of adrenaline that fuels you towards battle now fuels you towards running away. Oh, no. Helena and Drago, you are both frightened for one minute. You can retake your wisdom saving throw at the end of your next turn. However, you have to use your turn and action to move as far away from this creature as you possibly can. Repeat, yeah, repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself if you're successful. If you pass it, though, you're... Wait, Helena. Oh, shit, sorry. Helena, you've already beaten one of these, haven't you? Uh, you have, I made you roll a wisdom saving throw at the end of last week's episode, didn't I? Oh. Uh... And you passed it. Which yes. means you are immune, so it doesn't affect you. You're immune to its effect for the next 24 hours. That's a stipulation of it. So you're absolutely fine. It enters into your head, but you managed to push this away, actually. Apologies. But Drago, you haven't experienced this before. You're frightened. One minute, you're running away as far as you can. Um, but you can retake it at the end of your next turn, uh, the wisdom saving throw, DC 15, in case you need to know. It's going to take a, a couple of attacks now at a number of the individuals. Firstly, on... It's going to take them against Helena and it's going to, with its massive uh, tusked jaw, bite out towards you. That's a 19 against your armor class. That misses. So it re reaches out with its mouth and just misses off to the side. You manage to duck just out of the way of that. Uh, it's then going to be really <laughs> annoyed at that and it's going to roll, at, at, uh, sorry, it's going to slash its claws at you. That's a 24 against your armor class. That hits. And a 21 against your armor class. That hits. It's got three attacks. So it's gonna, I'm just 
You take 20 points of slashing damage as this creature comes barreling down two big fists uh, across you there. And what it's going to do is it's basically like a form of of demonic uh, action surge, and it's going to take another action again. But this turn, it's going to turn its bite towards Drago. And as he's almost mid-turn, about to start pegging it away, um, he is going to be bitten by this incredibly ugly pig creature, okay? Oh, shit, that's a 29 against your armor class. Motherfucker, yeah. That... I rolled a 19, it's got a plus 10. This all hits. Whatever you're doing, it's just all pain. No gain. Oh, man, I don't want a pig to bite me. Have you ever been bitten by a pig? I have, actually. Slobbery. It's horrible. Like putting your fist into, like, a huge sex doll. Oh, tasty. Anyway, uh, you take 21 points of piercing damage as this creature bites down into you, but then it's going to turn its attention back to Helena for its claw attacks again. The first one is a 19 against drama class, Helena. The second one is a 25. I'm assuming the 25 hits. Yeah, okay. You're going to take 17 points. Wow, that's a good roll. 17 points of slashing damage just from the one set of claws as it comes smashing down into you. One missing over the top. Uh, You manage to use your flail to kind of move his his wrist up and over your head. The second Uh one, though, catches you down low around around the abdomen area, cutting in through your armor. And causing quite a bit of damage to yourself there. Okay. Uh, that is the end of its turn. Claude, bottom of the round, your turn. What would you like to do? You've just seen Helena take a bit of damage. Drago's got this look in his eyes. What do you want to do? Mark, is this creature a large creature? It is a large creature, yes. Okay, I'm going to slam my shield onto the floor and I'm going to charge up like a bull and I'm going to rugby tackle this guy. I'm going to just run behind him so he can't see, and I'm just going to put all my force to try and topple him over. Uh, I'm taking the shove action to knock this guy prone so that these guys can hit him with advantage. Okay. If possible. So it's like a strength off. So I roll athletics, and then you roll athletics or acrobatics, your choice. Does it matter that I'm a size bigger than you? No, so I can do it one size bigger. If it's two sizes bigger, I can't do it. Gotcha. So I can pick either athletics or um, acrobatics, whichever is acrobatic. the, the, the preferential skill. But I get to make it an advantage because I'm flanking. Uh, that is a 24. I got a non-natural 20. So he is a knocked prone. Uh, and I'm just there bear hugging like his, his lower bodice, pinning him down. Give me a wrestling move, Darren, that involves putting on the floor and grappling them. German suplex. Ankle lock. Yes. Nelson. The ankle lock. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing the ankle lock. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Darren. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, and then uh, with my bonus action, I'm going to cast spiritual weapon. I drop my shield. It's now going to animate and come up and like Captain America America style, like go once around the guy and smack him in the head. That's the second Avengers <laughs> reference. I like it. We've got two Avengers on here. Oh, shit. A 18 to hit. That hits. Nine points of force damage as the shield smacks Ooh. him in the face. Boom. It's okay. right in the, one, of the, one of the tusks near his mouth is chipped and now falls off and breaks. He's not happy. He's got to go to the dentist to sort that. Boom. Uh, and that's the end of my turn. 
He is fully pronated. Uh, Folly, your turn. This creature is now being tackled. This is um, almost like uh, Kurt Angle, ankle locked down. This big creature, his hand is centimeters from the mat is he going to tap suddenly helena comes out striped shirt there call out call out. Uh, it's a whole scene going on the crowd's going wild here dragos got a clue what's going on um and then suddenly roman reigns appears no uh, what would you like to do <laughs> basically the creature's prone it's being surrounded what do you want to do well I, I did have something in mind but that just knocking the creature prone is just like there was no point in me doing it anymore so i'm just gonna cast firebolt at the bleeding thing that is um, a disadvantage because it is prone I'm still confident enough. Yeah, you are. Uh, Gotta miss now. If you hit like. it. Hit it. You get it. You get it. Mm. Okay, so on the first roll, 23. Going for the second. Hey, you got it. Which you is 24. Okay. Uh, 24 misses. So Well, it's disadvantage, so it's actually 23. 23 uh, hits. <laughs> mm, well, uh, something <laughs> wrong with math there. Nope. It's my world. No, uh, yeah, it hits, Callum. Please roll the damage. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is 26 points of fire damage with my fire bolt. I rolled well on that. So it's that just three miniature fire bolts just going whoosh, 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 straight towards the creature. Anything else you want to do, Callum? Yeah, I'm just going to um, turn quickly to Robin. We're safe from the wall. It's fine. Just get him there. And then it's quickly going to glance over to Drago um, and then yell in his like most inspiring kind of voice, Drago, don't get scared, get angry. <laughs> nice. And that's all Folly will do. Is that just a little bit of flesh? You're not you're not casting anything? Like I'm not casting true. anything. That okay. is literally just a little bit of uh, so fleshing out. Like you just slap him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> get angry, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Invisible hand out of nowhere. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Nice. Uh, it's car stands go and he's going to continue and you can, well, no one can actually hear him because he's too far away and there's too much going on. He's going to use his turn in movement and his turn uh, to get pretty much towards the exit, which is to the uh, southeast of this space, a long corridor off and he's pretty much at the corridor there for his turn. And that's all he's going to do. The whites of his eyes, uh, he's failed the second wisdom saving throw and he continues to run. Drago, your turn. Um, you can't do anything except wisdom saving throw, please, to see if you can break this at the end of your turn. So you have to, first of all, move, uh, use your movement to move as far away from him as you possibly can. So once the fear uh, overtakes Drago and it hits his veins and his heart starts to race, as you do when you're in fear, uh, he drops the axe to Shadar. And he puts his hands to his temples and closes his eyes as he's trying to suppress the fear. And the fear starts to dissipate as he enters rage, which breaks fear. And he uh, his mind becomes a little bit clearer, but a little bit redder as he withdraws Dengon's deception and is ready to fight. Yep, love absolutely i've just had a look and that's absolutely right yeah absolutely that is that is a fucking that is sick and that yeah that is good. clever and I'm that gets away offendingly really surprised by ian coming up with that don't be i i look okay i might be new to mel uh, mel casting to spell casting can't even say it but barbarian i got down mate all right <laughs> you know, it says mr <laughs> it's more the rules of D that i'm kind of surprised about 
Yeah, well, that's the rules of the barbarian. That's what that's what you he knows. What he needs about. to know. Uh, whereas I know nothing. <laughs> nothing I, more. <laughs> yeah, I hope you guys know. Uh, lovely. Yeah. So I'm I'm assuming you're going to hit him. Uh, yeah. Uh, so with that, he's also going to. Uh, yeah, he's he's entered a mindless rage. So I don't. That was that is my bonus action. Yeah, he's just going to swing down with ye old trusty uh, from his back down across the uh, the neck of said demon. All right, roll to hit. Everything's with advantage because he's prone. Holy shit. This worked out really well for Come me on, then. Come on, Crit it, baby. 25 for the first hit. Oh, man. I, I love Dengon's Deception. Roll the damage, so nice. but it has one hit point. I know you'll want to roll the damage. <laughs> roll the damage so you can... All right, well, the second, because it was at advantage, it was 20. So 25 goes for it. And uh, he's going for the damage. Uh, 16 points of slashing damage. This huge, hulking behemoth of a demon, triple-tusked, devil-eyes, pointed ears, black wings now, black feathers, but now singed by the fireballs, hanging bitch tits, huge belly passing into, (laughs) best way of describing them, guys, if I'm being honest, huge claws down by its side and these hooves, cloven hooves for feet, standing, towering over even the likes of Drago, has been brought down to this now shimmering puddle of pus for all intents and purposes of a creature. As Drago, you lay your sword, Dengon's Deception, entering rage and killing the Nalthishni, how would you like to kill your first demon? As I was uh, with, oh, first demon, I love that. As uh, Drago reached back in a rage, both hands behind his head to grasp the hilt of Dengon's Deception, it was just going to be one foul swoop from back straight down across his neck, decapitating him. And the head rolls, thuds onto the floor, then rolls towards Helena's feet and sits kind of face up Facing her, flails in hand, as Helena, you look up and the body of this creature slumps down, clawed. You feel the leg of this ankle lock go limp. Kurt Angle has, you, you know, you've, you basically squeeze so hard, the head's popped off for all intents and purposes. Uh, <laughs> and um, and f- follow you just see, you just see old Drago return and Robin from a distance. You get an amazing kind of action shot. I imagine this being replayed like five or six times from each character's perspective. And Robin's is the last one just from a distance. This creature very unceremoniously thuds to the ground, heads there and silence returns to the battlefield as this demon creature lay in front of you, slowly rotting, slowly you can hear kind of the fizzing of kind of pus and, and, and acid almost as the creature starts to decompose slowly, slowly, slowly away. We're out of initiative order. Drago's just stood there with the the tip of Dengon's deception embedded in the floor from the the weight of the hit, and he's breathing. He's gripped the hilt of the sword like the whites of his knuckles showing. He's breathing really heavy um, with this rage, kind of cursing through his veins, and his veins are popping and his muscles are pumped. Um, and yeah, there's this sense that he's. Uh, He's raging hard and he's just there panting heavy and Well done, Drago. What would you like me to do with this? And she's pointing towards the head. Drago kind of looks at you, but he's got this wild expression in his eyes as he's trying to calm himself and you see a, a flicker of recognition as as your voice, uh, as he hears your voice, and he looks at you, and 
flicker of recognition makes him just breathe a little bit deeper. Still knuckles right on the sword. He's just trying to breathe. But you can see that he's struggling to kind of catch himself here. Uh, so he's he's heard your voice, not heard what you said. Carstan, you can come out now. You get no response. As you look around towards where he ran, you can see nothing. Um, Carstan, we killed it. Sorry, your voice echoes through the space between the pillars uh, that now fill the door in the space down towards the corridor. You wait a few seconds, no response. Um, um, Helen is going to pick up the head with both hands and just sort of clutch it towards her, her chest or her stomach. You're keeping this head? Yeah, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> oh, wow. Can um, Folly wander over the tusk that got chipped off by the sh- shield? Folly wants to go and pick that up. Yep, absolutely. It's quite clear where it is. There's only a thin layer of dust across the entire floor, so it stands out. And amongst the scuffle marks of this creature moving and everything in the battle that's taken place, the scorch marks from fireballs and firebolts, you can see this white tusk there or this like black tip to the end of it and a broken edge, jagged edge uh, on the floor. It stands at probably about mm, five or six inches and well, five or six inches in length. Uh, so yeah, it's a pretty decent, hefty size. But yeah, you find that folly and can pick it up. <laughs> decent size, five, six inches. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think Carsten's gone. I, I, we should probably try and catch up with him. Is everyone feeling okay after the big bear? Yeah, I'm just trying to come back from it. Drugger straightens up. He puts Dingle's deception back on his back and leans down, picks, uh, picks up Shay, the axe of Shader, attaches that to the, the hip of himself. Where is Karstan? He ran away. Did anyone see which direction? Well, down where we came in. I think it's the only direction where you could go. Did we all manage to get our scrolls on? I do believe so. I don't... If I recall correctly, it's what Mr. Hellfire said. Um, This creature wouldn't have died if we didn't all read the scrolls. At the very least, I think we've done that. We have limited time in this city, time which has been eaten into by our escapade here. We need to get out of here as soon as we can and think about what we're doing next. Robin, we've only really been in here about 15 minutes. Surely we can't just let him walk away. Wherever Carstan is gone, I'm sure he will come back to us. A good amount of faith, but I'm going to go after him. You go. Fine. Helena what you said about what's underneath this city, we have a limited amount of time to decide what to do about it. And I fear it impacts you more than it does the rest of us. We need to make a decision. We came here as a full party. I don't want to leave anybody out, because that's all I'm thinking at the moment. I don't want to go anywhere and not have everybody by my side. But if we decide to split up, then I understand. I think the longer that we talk, the quicker he gets away. I'm sure he's not... We're quite quick, Folly especially. We could catch up to him. I'm going to start running in the direction that Folly pointed, back where we came, and I'm just going to shout, uh, Drago sister, can you catch Carstan if he's heading your way? And I'm just going to head out of the arena. 
And as you look down towards this long corridor in which you entered in, which is the only way aside from the entrance that the demon came through, um, you see at the end of it, the tall dragonborn figure of Tellian Hellfire, long purple cape, huge plate mail armor, and a, a massive sword at his hip, stood at the other end of the corridor, no car stand in sight. He looks down at you and looks back towards the, the kind of port, the door behind him, the single door, and then looks back to you. I told him not to run, but he didn't listen. You won't find him now. Why not? You go through that door without me or one of the rat run lot, you'll end up anywhere. I literally don't know where he is. He will have opened a door and entered into a room, a place, a cliff, a demon, a dungeon, one of the nine hells, another dimension. I literally don't know. That's the beauty of these doors. That's why no one's ever got in. Have you ever found a door called the Sword Coast door? No. I help build these doors. They work because I make them work. I don't go anywhere I don't need to go. I have no control. Listen, I can get us from place to place around the rat run, but it's stock magic that controls these doors, and it's my control over it which keeps them going the way it needs to go. But if you enter through it without following the proper instructions or without the proper person leading you, as I did, to get you here, you end up anywhere. I don't know where your friend is. He looked terrified. I almost felt sorry for him. I'll just silently nod and then I'll turn to everyone. Drago's sister says the curse down went in the door and could be anywhere now. Claude. He's not my sister. Oh, not his Bro- sister. Brother, sorry, his brother. No relation. No relation. No, we've been through this already, cleric. We we it, we were referred to it as slightly racist. Actually, that you just see two dragonborns and assume they're related. It's a long way to go yet before it enters his mind, Tellian. Uh, I think if we're all good here and we've passed the trial, we have matters to attend to. So, if you say that we cannot follow where Carsten's gone, then we have other matters that we need to get to. Shall we just... Uh, and Drago turns to the rest of the group. Helena, do you want to take point? Helena's going to throw this head down and she's going to say, what a fucking liberty. And she's going to barge past uh, Telion to go through this door. I wouldn't go through there without me. Well, are you fucking coming or not? A couple of things before you run off. Firstly, I feel your pain. I've lost many comrades through these doors when we were testing them back in the day. Some of the council, I managed to bend their ears and a few of the more scientific among them are interested to see where your friend ended up, to see the extent of these doors. I've asked them to look into it. Any information, I will make sure get back to you. Where can I reach you if I must? Um, do you have access to clerical magic? No. That's a shame. Sorry. Well, he's got a bird. Robin, you got a little messenger service in that one? Like homing pigeon? Newer with Talia, I'm reluctant to remove her from there. So Robin's not going to help. Um, Drago, Cleric, I'm, you... think, I'm, I'm thinking like more just, you know, a place you're staying, uh, a, oh, a the half-hoof or... inn. Half-hoof inn? Half-hoof inn. The half-hoof inn. Got it. 
Yeah. Yep. I know the, I know the place. Uh, it's, um, uh, what's his name runs it? Um, Canard. No, uh, uh, Hardgrieve. Hardgrieve runs the place, doesn't he? Yep. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I'll, I'll send word there if I hear anything regarding your friend, uh, Car. Stan. Stan. Car Stan. Stan. Yeah, he's hard at first. Next. I've spoken to the council, and like I said previously, when the Abquisco comes searching for you, Drago, and you, Mr. Fizzlebang, I can buy us some time. It will break all relations we have with them, but there's something special about you. That creature should have killed you all. There's something powerful within you all, and we need you on our side. So they are willing, and I am very willing, to let you out of here, get you gone, and get you free. But know you'll have 24 hours before they lock this city down, and they will be swarming the streets. They will search every barrel, every sewer grate, every room, every bed, until they find you all. So whatever you need to do in the city, do it. Uh, Cleric, you haven't got to raise your hand. It's not a classroom, but feel free. Just remember, tell them that Claude the heretic took the fugitives to Dralak. That's what you tell them. I remember. I will tell them after I've locked him in spell hold for a while and pretended to lose the key. I'm thinking he's going to do it. You know, like in... Uh, um, not a knight's tale. What's the word? Emperor's new groove where the kids lock Yzma in the cupboard. They're like, oh, we can't find the door handle. Huh? <laughs> yeah. He's going to do that, but in spell hold, but it's going to be Talion Hellfire doing it. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Just find the door, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, that's why I imagine it. They're like, oh, let us out of here, you annoying dragonborn. He's like, that's racist. Oh, oh very great. <laughs> it's a great comedy sketch. It's a whole Can we record that? Yeah. Can we hear? Can we hear I think that's, that, that's a whole of an episode Ooh. right there. That'll be a very, yeah, Ooh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Was there a number three? Uh, yeah, and he turns to Folly and just says, I know what you made in there. Just, uh, good play. Well played. And if you make it back to the city alive, we could do with having a chat. Just be careful where the fuck you, you ingest that potion. Just be careful. I will. I'm, I'm very well experienced myself and not want to take stock magic lightly. No, but still, what you brewed in there in the dark... That was impressive, even even by my standards. So just uh yeah. Enjoy it. It's a it's a hell of a potion. I shall. Tellion, before we go, Drago's gonna walk over to him and and do the same thing where he's standing as tall as him. Can Maybe I, on I, I want to, I don't know, if, if, I, if I recognize that Drago is doing this, I'm just going to very subtly cast Levitate on Drago. Just to <laughs> you got a, my back, A dude. little bit, just to make sure he's actually above. Um, got my fucking Italian. back. Italian doesn't notice. Uh, he's just rolled a very low perception, so doesn't even notice this. Um, yeah, yeah. so you, you pull him up just an inch or two higher, but not in like an intimidating way, but just in a look at me being taller than you, Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like massively overdominating, just making sure it's a little bit above him. You see it, just the corners of Drago's mouth upturned into a smile uh, as acknowledgement. Drago extends a hand out. You're the first dragonborn I've met in Aerith. I don't think you're the last. When this is all over, is there a known place here where our brethren live is there a society we were shunned 
from wherever I'm from at the Sword Coast. Is it the same here? Just quickly, if you know of anything about us. He smiles and nods his head. It seems that even if we're on different planes, we are treated the same. But yes, there are quite a few of us here. Many of which you can find down by the docks. The uh, workers in Goldview seem to take well to our natural strength and use us on many of the uh, many of the trading routes we have here. A few of our kin have also taken to running ships, and there are a few crews out there who are primarily or totally run by Dragonborns. It's, it's quite a sight if ever you uh, you see them. They run the ships like none others. Uh, yes, there are quite a few. I'm surprised you haven't run into one before now, but maybe it's because the DM's voice won't handle it. Who knows? Maybe it's because he monologues too much. We'll never find out. Anyway. It's quite the strain on the voice box, I can confirm. Absolutely. One Dragonborn per episode, I think. Uh, and his voice is changing <laughs> as the episode goes on. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> God, so much meta with this guy. Tellian, stay in role, man. Right. Um, Thank he, you he takes, for everything you've done. And he takes your claw at this point in, and gives it a firm shake. Um, he feels also that um, Drago is is probably squeezing slightly harder than he is squeezing. I'm assuming you do that. And he's going to let yeah, you naturally. Ha- he's going to let you have that uh, up at No one lets me have that. No. He no does. one lets Drago have that. He Drago does. takes it. And he even has the pronator kind of the lower position of the hand as well. So you've got the upper hand over the he's given that to you. He's given that to you as a sign of respect um for what you've been through in combat. I squeeze his hand harder, break his hand. Uh, his fingers <laughs> snap. Ah, you cunt. Ah! And he falls to the ground. God, I dropped the C bomb. Jesus. Uh no, he doesn't say that. <laughs> This guy's bringing out the worst in me. I can't stay in character. So he he shakes your hand in a polite, in a polite, you know, kind of beta position and kind of says, Yeah, I wish you all the best, all of you. But one thing I will say just before we go through the door, and it will be the last thing I say, I promise you. I know Helena, you are egging to leave. Funny how I know all your names all of a sudden. Is I know what irks you in this city. I know many of you, and I have people who know who you are. And I know many of you have your separate personal qualms within the city. Some of you, and he looks towards Helena and Drago, it is personal. Some of you, it might be misplaced looking towards Claude. And some of you, looking directly at Robin, well, some of you have been here longer than you actually know. Well, The living are not your enemies here. Not for the meantime, anyway. Remember what is encroaching upon our front. Remember what is growing with force every day. We can withhold and we can sustain through whatever the Okriskra throw at us. I know why you're in this city. I have my spies and I know what it is you seek. And I wish you all the best in your endeavors. But when you come back and come back, you shall come back with a plan. And with that, it's going to leave a pregnant pause in the air and turn towards the door. He's going to touch the doorway, concrete, single, solid piece, put his hand on it and close his eyes for a second, only for a very split second, no effort included in it. 
and looks to the group. To the surface. To the surface. Yeah, I imagine Drago's not seen the sunlight in a while. Yeah, Helena gives a nod. And he's going to just walk through, disappears through. Uh, Helena, I assume you're next. Yep. And then everyone following and after that. Who's taking up the rear, just so I know? I'll wait till last. Okay, Robin, you're in last. So we'll follow it from your perspective, Robin. So you see everyone go in and Robin, you end up going through. And again, you get this chaos, this aurora borealis of lights flashing, the sense of, of, of excitement, not of terror, but of excitement and of elation and of joy and of something uncontrollable like love or hatred or anger or death, everything all in one together, but it feels so passionately exciting. And then the light blinding you, one final light stays in your eyes longer and longer. And as your eyes start to adjust, you realize it's a torch nearby on a wall and as you start to adjust you realize everyone's doing the same thing and you have literally come through a wall and you look behind you it's a it's a solid brick wall of a of a nondescript building and you look down from you and you can see you're in an alleyway on the surface of goldview now the sun has gone down it's night and you can see the humdrum of traffic moving just below you uh, just uh, maybe 30 feet away from you further down the street as you find yourself in another small alleyway without Italian hellfire, but the one, two, three, four, five of you together on the street, on the top of the city, together. And before we figure out where we go or what we do with our 24 hours, that's where we're going to leave it for this week's episode of the Fellowship of the Tabletop. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, boy. back. You you that smashed that epic. like that enemy was. I even buffed up the the from the I buffed up the HP fifty, and that was like four turns with stock magic scrolls. You, we you did have it. some pretty epic rolls on Jeez. our side, though. I don't think there wasn't a lot of fails in there. So the power of the dice Jeez. behind the power of the the mighty is strong. That was epic. I actually wondered if there was um if there was a like where the where the monster had come from. I wondered if you could go in that way. What was in there? I didn't. Yeah, I who know. knows? Yeah, because I I didn't know if I didn't know if this fucking I didn't know if this thing had come up from the ground. I couldn't remember if it came through the cracks in the ground. There was it a gate, if I recall. There was a gate yeah. and there was a vial which you assume had been smashed to cover stock magic potion of um of enchantment or something like that, and summoned this random beast of a nondescript level. And that's what it created. It was actually of a D6 roll as well. It was going to be that. It had six different enemies it could have been. I really didn't make it easy for myself, that combat. It was literally everything was randomized. Um, which was, that was awesome, yeah. though. You did a great job, though, man. No, yeah. you guys you literally smashed that. Um, I need to make combat harder, I think, by the looks of things. And we've got a time limit now on us for Helena to to do what needs to be done. Yeah, that will be interesting until next time for that. That's a really bad segue to talking about our social medias, but I'll take it regardless. <laughs> if you wanted to keep up to date with the podcast and follow us and find us on our Twitter pages, please do. We have a combined one, which is at Fellowship Table. And if you wanted to go one step further and follow us individually, you can do that too. I'm at iRolder1. Casey's at Unicorn Quit. Danny's at, at Total Pie Thrills. Callum's at BB20 Gamer. Darren's at Darren Page 06. <sighs> Will is at Natural 20 Will. Thank you so much for that. And our, our brilliant DM is at Hastily Rolled DM. 
We are the Fellowship of the Tabletop. Once again, thank you very much for listening and tuning us in and making us a party every day week. We love you for it. Until next time. Farewell. Farewell.